Hey all, a special thank you to our amazing and growing Patreon.com patrons, Stephanie, Alicia, Terry, and our forever first, Trisha. As patrons, they get early access to our episodes and my eternal gratefulness for helping us express our love for this amazingly stunning show that is Project Runway. So what is Patreon.com? It's a wonderful site whose mission is to support creative work. And there you can make a small donation of support to us to help us with production costs. I've appropriately named that level Making It Work. If you'd like to become a Patreon patron, visit us on our page on P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash the workroom podcast. The link is in the show notes. Thank you so much, Stephanie, Alicia, Trisha, and Terry. Now let's get to it. What you do is literally, it's art. Like you don't want to cheapen that. No, and I feel like now with the designs, I'm doing something that's almost like I'm making a mockery out of my own misery with that whole discussion of wearability. Right. We're here to create new things. Like we're here to make brands that fill the gaps of what's missing in the fashion they industry. They say all the time, break the noise, break the noise. Until you break the noise, then they're like, but it's not sellable. Yeah. Hey, and konnichiwa, all you lovely listeners. Welcome back into the workroom, a labor of love dedicated to Project Runway and growing in allegiance to making the cut where you're free to be who you want to be unless you're designing in all black or making acne inspired blouses. I am Ernez. <laughs> and I'm Patricia. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so great to be spending this Friday afternoon with you, Patricia. And <laughs> yeah, so I mean, we were, we were talking a podcast about this, but um, so, you know, Friday's been a great day so far. We're still in quarantine from the hot zone that is New York City, and you know, it encompasses all the five boroughs. Um, Patrice, you're in Queens, I'm in Brooklyn. And um, so, and also we were just both watching a really great Instagram live program. So I just want to shout out our friend and colleague, Emily Dune who is the amazing librarian at the International Center of Photography. And she was just on Instagram Live as a part of 10 by 10 Photo Books, who's doing a series of talks by photo professionals who are sharing books. And she's great. She's wonderful and an amazing artist and shared a book project that she recently won a grant for, um, also in Queens. So yes. I just am so proud of her and and just wanted to, to talk about because we were both in the room and I'm like oh this is so great I just love listening to Emily talk all day I could just, yeah just listen to her talk all day about books and about her work and collaging and things like that I just loved it wonderful person mm-hmm. wonderful wonderful person cannot yeah. say enough good things about yeah. Emily <laughs> I mean we, we can't yeah anyway just just <laughs> amazing just great I'll hold myself back because Emily if you're listening you're amazing we love um, you yeah and uh yeah. So, and and also just, we were talking about, um, we will get into our listener letters for today and off the top, I want to apologize for our tech issues last episode. Um, we discussed a listener question and that totally dropped. So we will address that question from Deborah and another listener question from Alicia. But before we get into that again, I want to remind everyone about our special podcast features. We do have a cheat sheet that, um, is, a 
well, it's like a, a graphic of all of the final looks <laughs> in runway order. And you can find those in our show notes. There's a link to that. Or you can go on Facebook. And speaking of Facebook, you can join us there at facebook.com forward slash the workroom and on Instagram at the workroom podcast. And so, I'll, you know, we can kind of play around there. Feel free to also send in all of your questions and gossip and rants to us at in the workroom at gmail.com. And that's I N T H E workroom at gmail.com. Um, yeah. And so Patricia, I want to start off with the question that was dropped from last episode. <laughs> Um, I believe the question was, what about um, how are the, the participating designers in this season of Making the Cut, what is their budget for fabric and trimmings, et cetera? Yes. Am I right? Yeah, that is correct. So okay. um, we don't know. And it was confirmed. So I, I was like, am I missing this? Did they say that somewhere else in the episode, maybe episode one? Mm-mm. No. <laughs> I'm like, no, no. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> we don't know. And I I'm brought up a hint because there is, I think, it, yeah, it was the episode where they had to use the the scraps and they weren't allowed to go back to the fabric store. You know, not, not the scraps, like, you know, leftover fabrics. They had to reuse stuff. And Megan folds out some leather and declares, oh, my gosh, it's like $500 up in here. And I'm like, whoa, really? It's real leather it's a lot of leather and she said 500. So I'm like, wow. Okay. So they bought a lot more than that for that, that episode. And if, even if we double that, say, you know, the leather was Johnny's and Johnny got $500 worth of leather. And then Megan got other stuff. That's like thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. Easily. If you want to just speculate. So, so yeah, I, we don't know. Um, anyone out there, if you are, Someone who knows or knows of someone who's connected with the show or maybe has a hint of what it could be, just let us know. Even if you know the whole budget of the show, because, again, like they're flexing some Bezos billions with all of the I mean, the production value of this is incredibly high. So I'm pretty sure they've got some deep pockets for this fabric. Um, and also how people are able to just kind of stop off and, and go whenever they want. So our our poppy, our Sabatino, um, during the uh, yeah during the collab um, episode was like, yeah, I'm going to take a car, a private car, and I'm going to go back to the fabric store and get more fabric. I'm like, wow, you got you get a driver, and you get to go yeah. back and then spend more money in the middle of this uh, of the middle of this fa- uh, this challenge. So yeah, because throwing money at problems always solves everything. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know that's a given especially when you own your own business that's just how it goes yeah you know you just get it you just just it it falls out of the sky um once you become a designer there is a tree that grows in your backyard and it's got bills on it so it's like that is evergreen evergreen If only. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, you did allude to that in our, in our lost audio about like, this is not real life. <laughs> like, oh, should we, I, I don't know what was lost. So I don't know what you think we should re- resurrect. Yeah, no, but I thought it was recording. a really good point and how this isn't real. This isn't playing out a scenario of what life will be like off of the show where you get to go to the fabric store whenever you want because you get a million dollars and you broke this down. We get a million dollars, 40% taxes 
and then you know you're you're running a, a brand so there are other expenses so what really is your fabric budget are they donating millions of dollars of fabric no they're not it's included in the price i, I would assume it's yeah. included in the price yeah so yeah I mean, the other thing that I didn't, I know I didn't say last week or whenever we recorded mm -hmm. is that this mentorship is not with the CFDA. It's a men the part of the prize is winning $1 million. Mm -hmm. Okay. Which, you know, after taxation, um, and actually I don't know. Another interesting question is for an international, for a show with international participation, do they only pay tax once mm -hmm. or twice? Wow. <laughs> because some of us. <laughs> Who are foreign nationals if we work abroad we get taxed more than once so i don't know but the, but so this one million dollars sounds like a lot of money and by the way it is yeah it is but for a startup business that becomes already halved in taxation at least at least and then you have a nice chunk of change to start your business you know significantly mm. but part of the prize is also a mentorship not with the cfda but with Amazon. Right. And we don't really know any details about that either. So this is like, what, a mentorship in fast fashion production? Like, fine. But I don't know. I just forgot to mention that and how we don't really know if what designers are making, if they even want to work that way. But now, I guess, as part of participating, they have to function in that way yeah. because yeah. that's what they agreed to do. That's interesting. Um, I mean, because that's that's a point um, that comes up in this episode. I, yeah, we 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 definitely do have to talk about that. Um, like this idea of like the reality is sort of setting in right now, especially for this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great question, Deborah. Thank you. All right. Our next question <laughs> is from Alicia, and Alicia goes, "Hope quarantine is treating you well." Thank you, Alicia. Hope is cutie. You will too. Um, and Alicia goes on. So I don't want to be that person. Uh, but does it seem that they give certain designers more camera time than others? Megan is my fave and we barely see her. But I feel like I know Johnny more than I care to. Maybe she's going to be yeah. like Dom Strader, who is a PR 12 winner, all stars, five winner. Thank you so much, Alicia, for that deep dive cut to Dom, who is, you know, Sorry, my favorite. Anyway, so she goes on um, where she has where she was low key the whole the whole season and then took the win. Yeah. Dom Strader just really flew under the radar because she was just a really wonderful, nice, helpful person, but was the best. <laughs> really was the best. And kind of, you know, uh, I would say evolved, not evolved, but it just kind of came out at the very end where, you know, all of the other chaff was eliminated. And then you could just kind of see the wonderfulness of, of Dom. So um, thank you, Alicia, for this question and for this observation. I agree. I, I, I also love Megan. And I, I, I've said it before. I love hearing her speak just about anything. And um, in terms of her seeing her style and how she works with other people, that, sh that episode with her and Johnny paired up, I was so impressed. <laughs> Like how she handled a lot of things. And I just, I just, for some, I, you know, I would trust her the most with this million dollars. I feel like give it to yeah. Megan and it's, it's going to go and she's going to use it so responsibly. And then, because she has a style, she has a way of doing it. I'm not always into what she makes. Yeah. But I'm mostly into it. 
and I like her. Yeah. I think she's great. But yeah, and then Johnny, we talked a little about a bit about that last episode, I think. With where... Nayland, yes. Yeah, and then with you too. Because I think, wait, what was it? Uh, yeah, like we, we, we have a lot of Johnny time. Johnny is very charismatic and says a lot of those things. You know, has really interesting talking heads, but I agree. We know a lot about Johnny and we have, and we, we are, we keep learning a lot about Johnny too. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, my God, I just want to say, um, I, I mean, I think Megan is beautiful to begin with, but in, in last week's episode at the mm-hmm. very beginning, she's wearing this amazing color of green tank top dress. Mm-hmm. And I looked at this like three second bleep on the screen. I was like, wow, I wish I looked that good in that color. I wish I looked that good in a dress like that. <laughs> I, I, I was like, wow. Yeah. And I think that's the episode where it's so funny because it's like the top knot came out. She's not wearing any makeup. And I'm just like, oh, you're just even though I know everyone's uh, exhausted and I'm like, you're just so, just so beautiful, just so gorgeous and just kind of, and I, and I like that where I, I always am a little mystified by, for instance, Esther's shoes. I'm pretty sure they're very comfortable. They're so cool. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and especially people who show up to the workroom and they're working in heels or platforms or whatever, things that I'm just like, are those work clothes? Are those work shoes? And I feel like Megan got into work mode and I kind of, I respect that. Like you're on camera and you're in work mode and I love it. Yeah. Yeah, that's why she's there. Yeah. I love that, too. Yeah, I think it's great. Um, thanks, Alicia. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you, listeners. Keep keep sending in your um, your questions and your rants or any thoughts and your gifts, everything. Just really enjoy getting them. And so, and this is something else we talked about off podcast. I, this is, fr- it's, it's Friday. We're recording on Friday. And um, it's been a tough week for me personally. And <laughs> I, I'm so, I don't know, it's been a great day, you know, starting off the day with a few things. And it's, um, this has been a day where I've been able to, it's been like a, a week of putting up boundaries where I have need to put up boundaries for people so that I can designate time to do the things that I really enjoy doing. And one of them is this podcast, especially speaking with you, Patricia. And, um, you know, this podcast takes prep time and prep and, and other things that I need to dedicate to. And I'm excited about it. Um, but today I would say it's the first time in quarantine where it feels like my Friday, like this is my Friday and the rest of the week isn't seeping in somehow, um, especially since a lot of us are adjusting to remote work and, for me, the, the the boundaries I set with other professional things have been seeping in and it really has been draining my energy and um, in really challenging ways. So I don't know. I just I'm so glad to be here. I'm just so glad that it's Friday and I'm, I'm glad to be talking to you guys. Um, and and also uh, Patricia brought up this really wonderful thing. I would like to hear from you all as well how you guys are faring and how you are taking care of yourselves. And I know watching Project Runway and even watching Making the Cut. Um, and for a lot of you, and uh, so grateful that this podcast is a way for you to escape and to kind of, you know, take care of yourselves. So it would be nice to hear if anyone is willing to share um, how they how you are taking care of yourselves in the midst of, of everything and, um, and, and how you're doing. So, yeah. In the yeah, room at be, gmail.com. Be- Oh, sorry. No, okay. Yes. Um, 
It'd be great to hear just how each of you is kind of finding the balance that Ernest just described, kind yeah. of just managing responsibility with time for centering and grounding and perspective. And yeah, so when you're not organizing your clothing mm-hmm. or plot- plotting the next public whatever for Extinction Rebellion, let us know how you are managing <laughs> to move through these times. <laughs> Um, great. All right. So let's get into this episode. And we're in episode six. And speaking of Megan, um, it actually starts off with Megan and Johnny, who are sleepy breakfast buddies, and everyone's sleepy. (laughs) So tired, because we're still in Tokyo. And, and, And not only are they in Tokyo, but it's raining in Tokyo. And this is the quickest we've ever gotten to challenge, I think, this whole season. And they're they're walking out with their umbrellas to meet with Tim and Heidi at the Sinsoji Temple, which is the oldest Buddhist temple in Tokyo. And we're at the oldest Buddhist temple in Tokyo because this challenge is all about dichotomies, combining two seemingly opposing. I and I okay, wait a minute, combining two opposing <laughs> forces. And so in my notes, I put seemingly as a as a modifier. So seemingly opposing forces. Um, and the 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 site of the temple, um, as a backdrop, it's like you have this ancient landmark in the midst of this incredibly technologically and advanced modern city um, in one of the most modern and technically tech, technologically advanced nations in the world. And so in this moment, what I'm not describing for you listeners is uh, Tim and Heidi's sketch. So they're 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 doing sketch comedy for the designers. And in my head I'm just like, what is it like to be one of these designers who's so incredibly tired and jet lagged? It's raining and you have to witness Tim and Heidi and and Heidi pretending that she doesn't know what the word dichotomy means. Oh my how annoying. <laughs> okay. Heidi I, I hate this, like, I'm going to play dumb just to make a cute gag for my show. Yeah. No, it's no. like, you're still beautiful. If you know, admit that you know that word, you can still make another gag. You know, like, what the heck? Because it's like, you've been <laughs> friends with Tim Gunn for how many years? I would, I would get it if in 2004, you know, for season one of Project Runway, Tim Gunn throws out the word caucus and no one knew what he meant. And I, I get that like that. I believe, but yeah. Tim Gunn has been in our lives for, you know, 20, what, no, 15 years, almost 15, 16 years now. Yeah. 16 years. Exactly. Yeah. Like we all know what caucus means the way Tim uses it. And, and, and Tim throws out dichotomy and, and throws out titillating. We know what these words mean. So. Yes. And come on, Heidi, you were a Victoria's secret model. You know what titillating, you know means. What titillating means. I mean, Come on, you've had to probably like make nice with a lot of bad jokes about that. So, <laughs> like, good as point. A pro- you know, as a prof- just out of professional demeanor. So mm. it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it's totally fine. Um, so, so they have that back and forth, and and so the challenge is is to create two looks that represent the concept of dichotomy. So these the concept of opposing forces. And it's open to them. It's however they interpret that definition. And uh, Tim reminds them that one of the looks is going to be a runway look. And the other one has to be accessible. Sander, 
Sander gets called <laughs> out. Poor Sander. Yeah. Yeah. So Sander is pissed. <laughs> <laughs> kind of compares himself to Esther's Black Universe and um and in how he's like, I want to choose to be accessible. Like Esther gets to choose to wear to to make all black and like I get to choose to be accessible. Um, which I think is kind of the same, but not really. Like I, I understand okay. how he's feeling Esther's frustration, but I would say in terms of your problem of being accessible, it's not really the same. I kind of disagree. I agree. I agree with you because you know Esther's making a choice. I mean, um, making a choice of fabric is different than a um, participation requirement. Mm-hmm. It's a requirement to make an accessible look or what really a marketable version of, yes. of the look. Like that's actually a requirement for participating in the show. That's not a choice. Right. (laughs) The the colors of the fabrics are an actual choice. So I think Sander was being unnecessarily like childish right there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Very contrary. Right. That's a dichotomy. Contrary. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, and, and, and we'll get to more of that. Um, cause I would say this is sort of, this is where the rubber starts meeting the road for a lot of them. Since they're getting called out specifically, it's like you have to choose what you're going to do. Are you going to respond to this or are you not? So Mm -hmm. the next part of the challenge is that their fashion show will also be a representation of this ultra modernness of, of Tokyo. And they're going to have an immersive digital fashion showcase at the Amazon fashion studio where, where they're working. Uh, it's so funny. We get the name of what the workroom is called. It's Amazon Fashion Studio, and so they'll um, uh, the the runway will be on that their staircase, which also is capable of digital projections. And if you all watch the show Next in Fashion, this is probably the most Next in Fashion reference because Next in Fashion is all digitally immersive for those runways, like a lot of stuff going on. And so I thought it was also interesting that they let them know that it's first come first serve. <laughs> So the, I guess no one can have the same digital projection. So it's like, guys, get in line. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So the the twist is that the fashion show will be the next day. So they will only have one night for a tech pack drama thing. And mm-hmm. uh, Tim will be checking in on them the day of the runway. So they won't even really get to check in with Tim um, until the next day, the the day they're they're showing their garments. So, yeah, they let them loose, and they sketch and get inspired in the rain, and they also get to choose their backgrounds. They're choosing on their phones, all kind of rumpled together, just instantly trying to get in line and choose what they want. And so we start to get some of the dichotomies that they're working with. So, I think we get we're not first. And Renat's like, oh, you know, I realize that I'm here with this Buddhist temple and I'm Jewish. And so I'm going to do this Judaism versus Buddhism thing. Um, Esther is doing something that I wanted her to do in the last episode. <laughs> so this is what happens. So her background is water. She chose um, this watery, floaty thing, and which is great because it would it contrasts really nicely against how she normally designs with his structured and architectural and all that stuff. So then they show an image of the top of the temple, which is this golden. It to me it looks like a 
like a radio tower or something that is a receiver or or a or a, like a you know, conductor of some of something but i think it's it's an architectural component of this really really ancient temple and it's gold it's got all these cons, um all these uh these rings on it and i was like wow that really looks like how you accessorize yourself esther and mm-hmm. so it's like she sees it she's like yeah the golden rings on top and yeah, I, I'm going to use that as something. I was like, oh, this is great. I am psychic, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not psychic. But it's just like it's such a it's such an, a nor- I would say an expected and welcomed addition because I'm like, just look at yourself, Esther. Anyway. So, yeah. yeah. And we also have Johnny and G. And this is where we learn a little bit more about Johnny. But it starts off where so everyone's exploring the temple um and the areas around it and johnny and g have sort of paired off and johnny yeah both of them are sort of doing this thing where they're at a cauldron that is um emitting smoke and and looks like johnny is anointing himself with the smoke coming out of it and then off to the side he's like uh what is this like what are we doing what does this mean and johnny's like yes this is a really wonderful transition to my backstory about being Catholic and gay. Yeah. Let's talk about this. Yeah. Now. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I want to point out Johnny cause I think it's hilarious that it's okay. It's again, maybe this is a dichotomy. Well, or I would say a juxtaposition because it starts off um, with this photo that I called very unfortunate of Johnny and his family. And they're all dressed in like baby blue and white. And I thought it was hilarious because I it's such a it's such a a nineties family photo. I I think people are still doing that, but definitely my family did this where um they would all dress up in white and it's so funny because I, I think it's as a photographer, it's not the best when um black people dress in white when and they're all in white just to kind of color correct that i'm just like it's kind of a nightmare like some for it it just throws off the color balance and everything but it's like oh we're all going to dress in the same color and 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 you know situate ourselves and it's you know that's the family photo and so that's what johnny has this baby blue family and oh my gosh it's so terrible because they transition into him talking about how he started dressing in all black as and subconsciously expressing this deep depression he felt over his sexuality and being very, very suppressed as, um, as this, as this this gay boy. And, um, so it's, so it kind of goes really nicely into his dichotomy, which is this, oh shoot. Is this right? Where it's like religious piety versus Mm -hmm. openness, perhaps. Maybe. Is that right? Because it can't just it can't just be like my because I I really, you know, actually, I'm looking at my my notes. I'm like, do I understand what his opposing forces is? Because eventually he goes, it's it's the lightness and the darkness. And and I think the light is abstract. And for him, it's like being accepting of who you are. And then the darkness is suppressing who you are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought, too. And or at least just feeling kind of trapped, you know, and. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's easy to be gay, uh, queer, and Catholic, even though Mm -hmm. one of my favorite people, so I'm not a religious person, um, and my family is like, not at all. Like, I grew up, I don't know, in a family where religion did not have a central role. It had a peripheral peripheral and uh, optional role. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but I, I often, I'm, I like to read about theology only because I like to read about what brings people together. Like, mm. because people, it, it's probably, oh, one of the longest histories of what keeps people together and what keeps people apart is reading about theology. Mm. So I, um, or even geography, but, um, a lot of the, the sort of like most forward thinking thought about um, Catholicism, at least in the past 10 or 15 years, has been from gay male and female priests. So I think Johnny is kind of living in the renaissance of um, kind of people who have critically analyzed a Catholic faith and have mm -hmm. been revisiting like St. Augustine from a whole new light. But um, so, it, yeah, I, I think... This made me feel sad, but also like, oh, my God, there's so much hope for you, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, embrace that hope. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and I and I yeah, it's, it's kind of like um, and I think that's why I had a hard time writing down what the dichotomies were, because they weren't so straightforward, because there's a lot going on. And he kind of alludes to how, you know, a lot of his depression came from or it, 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 it partly encompassed you know, the fear of how will my family react? And he alluded to the fact that his family is very accepting of him and loves him. Um, I'm sure that there's a lot of, a lot more complications there as well. You know, it's, it's, um, it's a complex relationship. And yeah. so he, yeah. and so how he kind of like, okay, I'm thinking about this in real time. So how he kind of trickled it in, or, or I would say, how do you say it? Like um, kind of, I would say, packaged it into this lightness versus darkness is yeah. a really interesting way of marketing an idea like this that's so complex <laughs> and very emotionally yeah. deep and yeah. wow anyway whoa nice job Johnny anyway I my feelings about Johnny are also complicated but I will give that to him I thought I think that's a really good way of of, of um, explaining that so I would like it to is more. and I agree with you that this reduction isn't productive not for okay Reduction. Uh, yes, as, um, uh, it's not productive as a, a place to work from mm -hmm. um, the re the reduction of that. But I also want to acknowledge just oh, the reality of being a queer kid in a Catholic mm -hmm. family, no matter what gender one is, because mm -hmm. the expectation is to reproduce, right? Yeah. And if you are um, a queer person who has a different idea about relationships or has uh, no desire to reproduce, you're constantly reminded that you are failing, even mm -hmm. if even if the family is supportive, there's mm -hmm. still a social presence there that speaks <laughs> that you yeah. are failing because you're not doing what everyone else is doing. So as much as I am kind of annoyed by the sort of perfect soundbite that Johnny gives us, mm -hmm. I, I, I want to acknowledge that it's no easy thing to move through. Right. And um, yeah, I just want to sort of acknowledge that side of Johnny. By the way, I'm no fan of Johnny. <laughs> uh, or, <laughs> I'm no fan of Johnny's work. I'm, I'm no fan of like Johnny's work on the show. I mean, he like has done some things that I'm like, oh yeah, okay, whatever. But but that is not something I want to discount in Johnny or mm -hmm. in anybody else. Yeah, yeah, no, totally agree. Um, all right, so let's head to the fabric store. And so it's kind of, I would say, fluid because there's some people who come they you know they tr they go in whenever they want so there there might be some people who are already at the 
um, the workroom. There might be some people who are still sketching. I think G took a long time. Um, we can actually talk about about G um, in terms of her dichotomy too. She's doing what she has been doing. Her brand is about um, in, in reinterpreting two different cultures in a distinct way or how she experiences her Korean side versus her American side. And so, um, and it's, you know, it's kind of like the same, or it, it's an exercise in what she's always been doing and hopefully something that will push her into thinking of it, of it in a different way, especially being in Tokyo. We'll see how that kind of comes out later. Um, so she, she got a fortune read at one of the temples and I'm just like, are they reading <laughs> fortunes at a Buddhist temple? So, but also one of, so one of her, she put in a request and I think she got a reading and one was like, yeah, you know, you're, she put in like a thing. And one of the, the, the readings she got was your request will be granted. And her request was to win. I'm not sure what, <laughs> if it meant winning the whole thing or just winning this one challenge, but we'll know. And then uh, they're predicting that she's going to get a sugar daddy. I'm like, wow, there's a lot going on at these temples. <laughs> and next, yeah. Next thing you know, the real housewives is going to move there, you know, <laughs> next episode to the temple. <laughs> it's like, we heard they're giving out sugar daddies over here. <laughs> what is this smoke thing? Anointing religious thing. Where are the sugar daddies? Who has the money? <laughs> so funny. Um, so yeah, so, so we're, we're back and forth. So we'll, we'll say the fabric store, but we might like, come back to people who are still outside in the rain. Um, but I think what's interesting about the fabric store is that there is color drama with Esther. Whoa. She's buying gold guys. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's vinyl. Like, what is this material? Is, is, is that vinyl? I thought it was PVC. Like, didn't she say it was PVC? Oh yes, that's what she also gets. Yes, she gets. She definitely gets PVC. Um, so fascinating to use that as a as a fabric. I think it's kind of great. Um, and then she gets this other type of because I thought the PVC was a translucent looking material. Oh, oh, okay, that's not what you meant. I'm sorry, my apology. Oh wait, no, is it is the other one PVC too? Because maybe there's a different type of PVC that's not as translucent. It's a gold. I don't know. Like kind of a um, kind of a stiff fur fabric, um, but yeah, I think I I thought the PVC was the plastic looking stuff. I thought it was all PVC, actually. Ooh. Maybe not. Okay, we can look that up. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. But basically, it's it's different variants of gold, and so Esther has compromised a little bit where she will do one look in all black and then another look in all gold. Um, and again, using these, using that, that ornament on, on the top or the ornamental tower at the top of the, the temple. Um, and also this really interesting idea of pairing um, and playing with volume. Cause I think she's also inspired by uh, just very voluminous, objects all over the grounds that, that they're kind of exploring. So it's really interesting. Sander is having a hard time. So Sander's drama is accessibility, still pissed <laughs> and, you know, saying out loud, saying in, inside thoughts out loud, 
like, you know what? They want a, t- a cheap T-shirt and, you know, garbage. So, you know, I guess, <laughs> you know, I'll go over here and like get them like trash because that's what they want. And I'm like, God. I was like, Xander, Bezos is listening to you. Like, Bezos <laughs> can hear you. <laughs> um, and then we have Renat, um, who is go- continuing from last the last episode and working more in different types of colors. So we're not, uh, uh, um, I would, I would say is pairing this idea of Buddhism with the sun. And then uh, this idea of Judaism and specifically working within Hasidic uniforms and equating that with a sky, which I thought was really beautiful, but I didn't really get why we were doing like the sun versus the sky or yeah. Judaism versus I, I, Judaism as a sky and then Buddhism as a sun. Yeah. I mean, maybe because in Japan, like the Eastern sun is a, is a big motif and it's mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but aside from that, I mean, the sun is sort of kind of our source of light. It's kind of everywhere. So mm-hmm. I don't know why it would be restricted to any single thing, but I, I don't, I didn't get that at all. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there is more to that explanation, just sort of like with, with Johnny as well. I was wondering, like, is there a little bit more of that we can suss out or that we can extract from her explanation or from her pairing those things together? Like, what, what else? Like, what are the reasons? Yeah. I would like an artist statement. That's basically what I'm <laughs> asking for. So... <laughs> Because that would be a great part of all these challenges is that you get one day to make a garment. And since it's a new collection, you got to write another artist statement. <laughs> so um, I'm surprised. You know what? You bring up a good point. I'm surprised that we don't have a little bit of like um, like a concept line for each of the presentations. A little like here's my collection. Here's a little summary of my collection mm-hmm. because that is, that would be a part of their job in the so-called real world. Huh? So, yeah, I wouldn't mind an extra five minutes per designer. I can take it. I mean, I'd rather have that than strange, like, um, segments where people pretend to not know what dichotomy means, you know, yeah. um, or, or strange segments but, where like Heidi gets to torture people and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> in like very Heidi ways, because <laughs> I feel like that she, that segues nicely into it. yeah no it's it's like this is the highlight of Heidi's day is to be able to uh, to haze someone into doing something that they barely want to do. Um, thank you, Patricia, for the segue until the robot restaurants. Heidi versus Kiara, or Heidi tortures Kiara. Mm-hmm. So it's. <laughs> So, okay, I have to say that um, there, so we, Kiara is our, we were introduced to her last episode. Um, she's our, our, our new judge um, based in, based in Italy, you know, a, a huge uh, Instagram influencer or social media in, influencer period. And um, I would like to say that Tim was conspicuously absent here. And I feel like as we go further into this torture session with Kiara, it's like, I feel like Tim put his foot down and was like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> and Heidi's like, let's go to the robot restaurant. And he's like, what are we going to do at this robot restaurant, Heidi? And then she told him what they were going to do. And she's like, no. So it's just Heidi and Kiara. They're watching this very lively taiko drum battle happen with robot dragons and 
and it's just like a it's a very famous another famous restaurant another famous location in japan so we we got the kawaii monster cafe the other day and this is um this is the other really famous destination in in tokyo um which is great because this is something that i would never do so if i'm going to go to any place and they're like all the tourists go here then i won't go there because i live in new york city and I right. don't like going to places like Times Square unless I really have to. And so when I go to other places, I'm just like, where are the tourists expected to go? All right. I will go in the opposite direction. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. And I, I grew up outside of a city that is another tourist city. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's it's this place looks really, really fun. It's filled with people and they're having a good time. But then Heidi leans over to Kiara and goes, so I asked them if we could join them and they said yes. And Kiara's like, what? Oh my God. Excuse me? And so so they get on stage and they have a fake taiko battle. Um, And it's good versus evil. That's their dichotomy. That's, you know, the new word of the day. And I have to say my favorite part of this is just like watching Tycho. I love Tycho. Mm. It's so fun when when the when the drummers are really good. So Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Have you ever heard of a group called a Japanese group called Kodo? K O D O? No. Oh no. Oh my god. You know what? Um I've seen they've come they've played for free at Central Park Summer Stage. Like it's been a long time. But they are um a group of traditional Japanese drummers. Um that do that kind of drumming and they they are incredible 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 yeah but you you can buy their cds everywhere they're very they're like world famous um so maybe that's something maybe i have a couple of cds from them Ooh, yeah yeah no and i will share yeah and when we're we're out of this when we can go outside we'll love to go and see them if they come back to central park yes yes (laughs) and they also play it Fancy places like Carnegie Hall, I've just never been. I've never been there. But, um, yeah, but if you like that or if anybody likes that kind of music, that group is incredible. Yeah. Um, All right. So so we leave the fake date. Any any other thoughts on this little moment? I just want to say a couple of things about this moment of this robot cafe. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kiara is actually wearing a piece of Kiara's own streetwear line. Whoa. I, I did some Googling last night about, like, well, wh- what, what is a streetwear line about? Because it looks, like, you know, juicy to me, which is not that impressive. Um, apparently, there's one article on, like, Glamour or something like that from last year that I read about Kiara that mm-hmm. the designer of Kiara's um, streetwear line actually came from Off-White. Whoa! Yes! Interesting. Wow. So... So, like, hey, good entrepreneurial skills, Kiara. Very good. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, wow. I'm impressed. That's great. But so it's interesting that, okay, I'm wearing my own streetwear line. Fine, 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 fine. But that's just one thing that came to mind from that scene. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I mean, she really, I mean, I'm I'm going back and looking at the jacket. I like the jacket a lot. I like the, there's a really, really fun looking print on it. I don't know. For me, I'm like, eh, like, you know, Chiara is Italian. There's an Italian clothing company called Fiorici or Fiorucci. Mm-hmm. I think it's Fiorici. That has things like that. Like it's just so like to me, it's like banal, you know. Oh, no. um, 
But it's okay. I mean, for me, I said for me, I don't think it's banal for it to exist for me, you know. Um, I, I didn't find it that beguiling. And I do want to be beguiled. Otherwise, why why care? Yeah, I, I I think also your like your sense of fashion history is so much deeper than mine. I'm like I've never seen this before. And you're like mm, I've seen disagree, like disagree, <laughs> disagree. Sure, sure, but it's true though. No, <laughs> okay, I'll say okay. Disagree. Okay. All right, fine. <laughs> Gosh, one day I'll be like Patricia. You know so much. Like no, no, like no. You know so <laughs> many things. Um, all right. Well, that's that's interesting. I, I, yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. Um, cause okay. then I'll, cause I'm looking at her jacket still. So, uh, we go back into the workroom and day only day begins. So we have a little bit more insight into people's fabrics. Cause we didn't really see everyone in the fabric store. Um, we just followed the people who are having most of the issues. <laughs> um, because Johnny is also using PVC. I didn't, we, you know, didn't see him pick up PVC, but PVC is like this thing right now, but mainly he's combining old school houndstooth um, with leather. And that's sort of like the, I think houndstooth because he got a black and white, uh, a black and white color or black and white print of houndstooth. Whoops, my words. And yeah. so, and it's kind of like this, you know, in, in, in the word you use in, in terms of like, reducing this dichotomy it really was in my opinion reduced in this choice of fabric because I'm just like all right it's black and white that's so expected it's not enough but also again it looks like something that Megan would have chosen yes absolutely so it's really strange it to me it's just kind of a little copycat um and I think it's not enough to say, well, you know, well, the history of Houndstooth, it's so old. I'm oh. wearing this very, very old uh, um, a print, you know, that goes, has history, and then like this, and updating it with PVC. And then come to find out later on that Megan's dichotomy is old versus new. Mm. Anyway, so we also have Jiwon, who is, again, playing around with her name in Korean. And I think her competitive side is really coming out. Um, she's feeling the pressure because she's she didn't come here to play. She didn't come here to be safe. She came here to win. Good. She went to yeah. the temple. She's she put some smoke in her face, and she got her her like her the lines in her hand read by by someone someone somewhere in that Buddhist temple who was telling her she got she's gotten some she's getting some sugar daddy soon. Um, and so she's like, yeah, my request was that I win. So she's creating these three D. Um, puffy letters um, for for her name and I'm just it's kind of exciting but also she's so competitive it's great <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah and so you also have Esther who's who's uh, you know confirms that she's making gold stuff and then we have Sander who in my notes I described it as pissily he's pissily actually adhering to the challenge so in in Sanders' rebellion, Sander is actually doing what he's been asked to do, but thinks he's doing something that's not actually what he thinks he's shading the judges, but he's not. He's not really shading the judges. He's not um, doing anything that's kind of underhanded. He's actually doing what they've asked him to do. <laughs> so, yeah, um, yeah, he's going to do the challenge, but be cheeky about it. Yeah. He's just like, oh, uh, oh. Uh, 
I don't want to make things wearable. Oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to make it wearable, but in my own way. I'm like, yes, that's what they asked you to do, Sander. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That, that, that's the role that, that's the role. <laughs> that you accepted. Um, there's there's a wonderful scene with Jiwon and Sander, who are both frustrated. And Jiwon, I don't, you know, we, it's she's frustrated in a different way, but both of them are really kind of fed up at this moment. Um, and Sanders says something where he's like, well, you know, I feel like I'm making a mockery of my misery right now. And, and G wants <laughs> like, oh, my God, because like what you make is like literally art. And you don't want to like cheapen that. It's she like <laughs> makes her puffy letters. And she's like, yeah, because like he's like, yeah, you know, they really want something marketable. And uh, but it's like, oh, make things that that pierce the noise, pierce the noise. And then when like I pierce the noise, you're like, oh, but it's not wearable. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Look at you guys. I love you guys just getting it out, but then you're doing exactly what you need to do. <laughs> yeah. But it's good to reflect on that. Yes. You know? Because I think they're right. It's weird. Like, I, I, I agree and I disagree with Sander. But Sander's saying something like, they want us to appear to the noise. And then when we actually do that, they come back at us and be like, well, it's, it's too weird. And I yeah. totally agree with that. I totally agree. And um, I, I think... And so I wonder back to the previous episode when they, you know, they have been calling Sander out by name and saying we couldn't tell which was the accessible look. And the access- the accessible look was just it's not going to sell without acknowledging that what he's doing is beautiful work. And also that yeah. there are people making work out there in from his native country <laughs> who are yeah. who he who have been able to toe this line. And it's like there's. I, and I get it. So it's like, I understand the frustration. Um, I also love making fun of Jiwon and Sanders' conversation. So I'm not mocking them, but I, I, I'm lovingly agreeing with them in my own way, but also acknowledging that they're, they're both. Like, they're doing what they need to do, and it's just sort of yeah. – um, maybe it's also a preconceived notion of what commercial looks like as well. Yeah. So Yeah. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. Thank you, Patricia. <laughs> and also, it's a, this preconceived notion of what commercial looks like, and also in relation to Amazon, in relation mm. to what moves fast on Amazon, which is not Burberry, it's not Demula Meester, it's not Chanel, it's mm-hmm. not, it's it's other things that look like that. You know, it's more like. By the way, I, I don't hate Zara. I've mm-hmm. shopped at Zara, mm-hmm. but it's sort of like Zara Zara squared or whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's just like it's um, a very specific marketplace for clothing that is basic, which is fine. We all need it, but also looks like more expensive things done in done through these ethics that are not particularly helpful, but are very affordable. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, I totally agree with that. That whole thing. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. In the middle of day one, um, or I would say towards the end of day one, um, as as the sun goes down, uh, Renat takes a break to light candles for Shabbat. And so it's Renat, Sander, and Johnny join join her um, to also say prayers. And I just wrote in my notes, like, I like these people. <laughs> like, even it was though a nice yeah, it's just really lovely. I I don't know. I, I like them together. So this was sort of one of those things where I 
this is I don't know how long they've been together at by this time, but maybe two weeks. Do you think in terms of time? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so so me, I don't know if this is the first or second time that Renat has um, shared Shabbat with uh, the other designers, but this is the first time they're showing it to us. And I just really like this moment in terms of community. It's just so it's just nice. Um, yeah. To have that, especially since they're they're sort of breaking down a little bit emotionally, and the pressure is 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 on. Uh, Esther goes for a swim. Um, oh my god! They're, I'm oh my sorry. God. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. My no, I was just going to talk about the music cue because the music cue you... is so horrific. <laughs> okay, so sorry. you talk about the music cue, and then I'll talk about something else. <laughs> Just like how um, for, there's like a music cue for the moment that Johnny starts talking about his issues growing up with being gay in a Catholic family. Um, it was just like, oh, do you think I'm a demon? Oh, do you think I'm a demon? I was like, wow. <laughs> really? How do you like, come on? Way to like just make like just I don't know. Um, and then with Esther, she's like, yeah, I'm really feeling really stressed about this and being in this group and having to go out of my step out of my black co comfort zone. And um, she goes swimming and then the music goes, help me underwater. Never <laughs> let me go. Let me. And it's just like, okay, all right. Hold me underwater. It gets really morbid. And like, listen, Esther is going for a swim. We're getting to learn a little bit of how these people de-stress and how they take, how they, um, they're using their self-care strategies. You know, they go out for a smoke. They take some time alone. They go out for a walk. They buy more fabric or they complain mm -hmm. and they, you know, they huff and they, and, and they, um, they puff or whatever they need to do to get out the stress. And this is a way that Esther is de-stressing. Why do we have to cue some horrible, you know, very depressive <laughs> music on air about someone drowning? It's just so Maybe they were inspired by what I found just wild, which was, you know, Esther swimming in like 50 pounds of 24 karat gold. Oh, my God. I love. <laughs> I was like, how can you do a breaststroke like that? Is that even balanced? Like, did you really like is the weight equal on both arms? Like, are you really taxing one shoulder too much right now? What is going on? <laughs> like, is this an equilibrium? Swimming's hard. You know, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, just, I, 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 I totally. Oh man, yeah. I mean, because in my head, I'm like, Esther, you got, you got 50 pounds of jewelry on. You can take that off. Um, but you, you still have to be so stylish, even in the pool. But you're so right. Oh no, that's the connection. They're, yeah, no, I can see the inspiration now. It's it's less morbid. It's more like a interpretation of what could happen if you're wearing a bunch of gold jewelry. Gold is heavy. It's very heavy. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah. All right. So that's it for the day. Only day because the the next day they open back into the workroom and it's T minus seven hours into the fashion show. And so we get the tech pack pickup time. <laughs> 
and a little bit of rundown of all of our dichotomies from people who we haven't heard from. And, uh, and, and also I would say this is the intro or this is the day that we get to talk to Tim. So Tim's coming in soon also. Um, yeah. So I guess we can start off with Tim time, right? Or is there anything that I missed? No, no, I don't think so. Um, yeah, again, we don't know who the sewers are. We don't, we don't see them. We don't know if they flew them over from Paris. They could be totally different sewers or they could be the same people who was with them in Paris <laughs> and they're jet setting too, but we don't meet them. All right. So Tim comes uh, in. <laughs> let's keep all of our labor forms invisible. <laughs> Money oh, doesn't man. matter. Production doesn't matter. No. It's <laughs> and it's really interesting to watch this, right, at a time when, oh, I, I'm sorry. I don't want to keep, like, detracting, but it, it really is something to watch this show and feel like, oh, my God, good to have something about creativity mm-hmm. to watch. And, you know, I loved him. Heidi makes me laugh. Like, it's it feels good to watch this show at this time. At the same time, we are crossing this moment where – all you know here in the u.s i think for a long time the sort of neoliberal fantasy has been that like it's entrepreneurs with ideas who drive the economy right Mm -hmm. or maybe i said this last week but it's like no it's actually people who drive trucks and public Mm -hmm. transport people who heal you know doctors and there's like a whole other thing that has been treated as invisibilized and treated fiscally in terms of income uh, as if these were just options, but yeah. they're, in fact, they're in fact the structural foundation for how societies function. So, you know, not seeing the sewers, I'm like, oh. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> like, know, it's like, okay. <laughs> I think it's a great point, especially, you know, in the background, I heard some ambulances. Like, that's, you know, like a, a thing. We're hearing a lot of sirens as yeah, because, you know, we're, we are in the hot spot. And so it's like, yeah, all yeah. these people who were very invisible and, they're essential. Like these are essential people. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's like, great. Thank you. For instance, like G, I, no, Renat, Renat picked up her tech pack and was just like, great. The seamstress, the seamstress finished both garments. So it's like, you know, whoever Renat got was just like an amazing person, but invisible to us, but clearly essential. And then, um, you know, also to kind of bring it back to reality, it's like, yeah, we do need to pay these people. It's like, great, thank you. It's great that they're getting thank yous, but you know, our ambulance drivers, some some of them don't have health care, which is right. mind boggling to me. You know, so things like that where it's uh so many things we can't get away from Yeah. From real life. And and this it's sort of like at a moment like this to have this um approach of Oh, it's only, you know, I can buy whatever fabric I want. It's my mm. ideas that matter. You know mm-hmm. I mean? Okay, it's a show about branding. Yeah. And, and the ability of a person to brand and market their work. That is the premise of the show, right? That's what it's doing. It's just an yeah. interesting timing to watch yeah. it, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm right. sorry for that whole no, back, no, you no. know, sidestep. <laughs> totally fine. Totally fine. I think it's incredibly appropriate to talk about this. Um, all right, so let's get into Tim time and Tim comes in and notices that it's very quiet. So we did have like that Russian and, um, some excitement about seeing what was in their tech packs and Tim is noticing that it, there's a little bit more, there's, there's a sense of, uh, 
of stillness, of stress, perhaps, in the workroom. And the first person Tim visits is our dear Sander. And so (laughs) Sander just explains, you know, right off the bat, like what he's doing. It's like my duality is I'm choosing, uh, you know, I I'm doing accessibility versus creativity and explain that he's just kind of taking the T-shirt and interpreting the T-shirt in as a T-shirt, which he's never done before. He's never done a T-shirt. He clearly despises the idea of a t-shirt and then (laughs) but making a t-shirt pant making a t-shirt jumpsuit making a t-shirt skirt and is you know again like you know unknowingly you know wonderful things in a very sander way and explains all this and then tim is like i believe i understand it i get it (laughs) Uh. um and then we have let's see Esther is next and him is taken aback by the color. He's speechless. It's like, I don't even know what to say. Good heavens. Good heavens. You have color. (laughs) I don't know how to react. (laughs) So I, so I really appreciated this. And Esther explains to Tim that the showstopper is going to, going to be the gold piece and this is where she kind of starts whipping out all the materials that she has um and when i got a little uh distracted by what everything actually was i'm like what is the pvc but she's exploring she's like cutting into these pieces and figuring out what else that they do and 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 i think is enjoying these surprise elements of what it's like to use different types of colors it will in, in, in this instance, like different materials also and how they can create different textures and things like that. So because she does, she shows how there this the translucent material she has when she cuts it, the edges give off of this neon vibe where it's a gold yeah, material. And it's almost the gold becomes light. Yeah, it was it was really great. Like That's yeah. so fun. So, yeah. So um, great Tim talk. I don't think anything really critical was said here and she's excited um she no longer wants to like there's no horrific music cue over this about her drowning herself so (laughs) i really thought it was interesting what has led so um what has led esther to Mm -hmm. choose color Hmm. because last week you know I, i think we ended the show on like oh it should be the designer's choice not not pressure from the show to whatever um and i thought wow last week both tim and heidi were like oh tim says oh you missed an opportunity to use color that means you missed an opportunity to broaden your client base and then heidi says oh but when we buy online right it's Mm -hmm. just you know black the way that it's photographed it's just you don't really get so i think it took heidi to point out this like very basic you know photography and monitor calibration issues around color for (laughs) to be like oh wow yeah Mm -hmm. like I don't want another wall I want things to pop on a screen and I think that was the first time I mean I don't know I actually I take that back I don't know but I think this is what has led Esther to choose color and I I just think that's really interesting and I just wanted to share I kind of agree with you because I I, I don't remember why I brought it up, but even thinking about the, so, you know, in person, it's, 
it's easy to get. And also when you have a production quality that's the caliber of the show, you can see the textures and the different shades of blacks that she's using. And <laughs> and I, I agree with you because she's only been online at this point of uh, in history, you know, for, in making the cut history um, for six months. And yeah. and also just to kind of, for me, I'm a, I'm a yeah. photographer and I think like a photographer, but a lot of the work that I make as an artist is very structural mm-hmm. and sculptural and they're physical objects. And um, I kind of relate it to that, not really being able to translate mm-hmm. your, like what the dimensions of your work online. And perhaps it's really, it's really difficult to photograph um those shades of black and you have to kind of know how to work with lighting and and you know I I would just assume that she's still learning a lot of that stuff I mean because for me it took a ceramicist my my good friend Anina Major to come up to me and go you need to photograph your work like this like that over here because she works with 3D (laughs) objects and I'm like oh wow yeah so so I yeah I, I I agree with you I think that was the thing that she she needed to hear in terms of how to translate this thing that you these beautiful things that you're making yeah and I think that even if she even if Esther photographs black clothes perfectly there's still the issue that color displays very differently on monitors right so Mm. a person's monitor could just be set incorrectly you know it's it's a whole thing so you can't that's not something anybody can control yeah I totally agree as Um, as a seller as yeah. a seller, retailer. Yeah. Um, um, well, I think that's a good transition to Renat because Renat, yeah. who has been showing us color, but is exploring the dimensions of textures and um, and and graphics, is making, unfortunately, making that skirt that we've seen before. Um, that was in the yeah. seven-hour challenge, uh, because so we have her making her Hasidic inspired outfit and then the buddhist inspired outfit as well and tim doesn't like either of these i don't i i I think i think tim sort of is more drawn to the one that's inspired by buddhism and but there is an issue with the with the with the hasidic outfit and tim describes it as being uptight and constrained which i thought was really yeah really interesting um and also, you know, again, very open interpretations of what's happening there. So no suggestions on how to fix it. <laughs> right, right, right. Which is which is really great. It's like, I, I know it's hard, but I just really, really like that, that approach to it. Um, but also because we're not one of the last episode. So, you know, quali- qualified. You, you, can, you, can, yeah. you can do this. Yeah. Um, next is Megan. Oh, it was so quick. Oh. Megan's interpreting <laughs> traditional silhouettes and in a different way, which is something that, you know, is some uh, you, you've heard before. Like uh, in, uh, it's a lot of a lot of way of working for other designers like designers, I think, do this a lot. Um, I would just like to hear Megan talk about it a little bit more. All we know is that Tim is responding very positively to everything she's doing. And then we we're on to, to Johnny. <laughs> right doing a hound's tooth yeah tim is intrigued Mm -hmm. um doing the you know 
dark palette with a light palette and and you know but unfortunately tim's socks are not knocked off and i you know i don't i don't i didn't write that much more about that i didn't write much so i just wrote that tim's socks are not knocked (laughs) so um his his emmy didn't fly off the shelf no (laughs) (laughs) still there still there firmly planted yeah i don't know i just was like not really into it because i'm just still kind of like oh houndstooth okay all right um next we have jiwan who is making a hanbuk inspired robe as her showstopper and the accessible look is going to be a wrap dress and there's so much going on and it's so funny because she's like yeah it's a wrap dress uh it's color blocked it's going to be in that blue and that white and pleats and straps and cut off and asymmetry and she keeps going on and it's like oh it's it went not that she keeps going on but it's like there's a lot going on in this outfit and it troubles tim and um it kind of puts jiwan into her her moment of having to go out for a cigarette <laughs> she's already stressed out and not really in, in it and she tells us really isn't into what she's making as the accessible look um and I, I and yeah and I she's struggling and I I was I felt for Juwan because what what yeah. must it be like to because what she what she had like the Hanbach outfit which is like an oversized looking well, you know I guess maybe also kimono inspired but that's the one where she's putting her her name in the puffer Korean letters onto mm-hmm. it um, and she was going to add a lot of her, the same lettering onto the accessible look as well. Um, this idea of accessibility is something that she's also been struggling with, but hasn't, we've been mostly hearing about it through Sander, but I think Jiwon is having the same issue yeah. and is yes. not excited by it. And I was just like, oh man, it's just so, yeah, it's sad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is in the in the Tim time. Did you have any have any other thoughts or anything? Uh, no, no. I think I think you covered it. Yeah, because because Tim is telling them all, don't overthink. And I'm like, that's the worst thing you can tell to them. And like a, it's like mm-hmm. now it's T minus three hours to runway time. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. It's easier said than done because we get this really emotional insight into Esther and what it means for her to be leaving her comfort zone of her black universe. And I feel like, so she she touches on how it's time for her to stop holding herself back and that she was raised to, raised and educated. She said educated, I think, not necessarily Mm -hmm. raised. Mm -hmm. So I'm not really sure what context she's pulling this out of. Uh, I I believe it means the same thing. Okay. Okay. So she, but, but basically she learned how to make herself smaller and to make Mm -hmm. room for other people and to make space for, um, for others. And she's felt, she's feel she has been feeling like she has been holding herself back and I think it it and so you know this you know black to me is starting to look like a place where she's been living um and been thriving and in this color and has been able to express herself I mean she's expressed herself enough and has gained enough of a voice to have been recruited for this show um and so I, I don't know, I appreciate this, this, this segment with Esther and, and wanted a little bit more because I think there's a lot more there, but because she does say that she's leaving a very important part of her life behind and, um, 
yeah i don't know it's it's like i i it's like i want to know but i didn't i don't want to know because there's also like you know it's whatever this important thing is for her it's her story and it seems to be very very personal and very important but um i just thought it was interesting to hear about that especially thinking about uh what we discussed before this transition from black into color and what got her there um but i think this this to me gave it it's not it's not just a practical or a business or an um uh oh gosh or an objective decision to make it's very emotional for her yeah 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 all right so it's time for the runway which means it's also time for a model fitting (laughs) oh god (laughs) so all of this is kind of compressed so we can kind of like we can actually go for the runway. Do you want to do that? Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is crazy. It feels like it's just so early. Anyway, but so I do want to point out that Sander, there's a there is a shot where Sander or I think Renat is at the at a sewing machine and Sander comes over and, and plants a sweet head kiss. It's just so beautiful. Anyway, I li- I like the it's way they nice. interact with each other. They're sweet. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. nice. Okay, so let's get to the runway. And listeners, this is where you can queue up the cheat sheet. So it's a link in the show notes. It's also on the Facebook page. Um, but uh, you can get the, the JPEG and follow along with us in runway order. And so let's let's get to the actual or describing the, the runway because they don't have to go that far. The runway is outside. <laughs> It's outside of the workroom. It's inside, but it's in the hallway um, w- with a gigantic staircase and, and the capability for an immersive digital experience. Um, so everyone's set up and Heidi and Tim come out. Heidi's wearing this gigantic sequin. Or I always say it's a it's a short shift, but with large sequins, orange, large orange sequins on it. And Tim's wearing a Tim suit. Right. <laughs> um of course yeah so they're 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 coming out and they're kind of demoing the the uh the magic of the staircase and Heidi takes a fresh takes a breath of fresh air and she's like huh you know kind of gives us the taste of our futures if we if we are never able to go outside again it's like we'll have this interior digital experience of what it looked like to be outside once old nature but inside and then um, we intro our our normal judges. So we have Joseph Altazara and we have Kiara Ferragni, Ferragni and then we have Naomi Campbell. And then we have another judge, influencer, social activist, and also an entrepreneur and also digital. It's Nanuri. Nanuri is Nanuri. a digital digital uh judge and nanuri has a chair is sitting in the front row just like <laughs> all the other judges um but nanuri um is also a part of this immersive digital experience so nanuri i think might only have you know i think kiara in the room is the only person who has more followers <laughs> <laughs> the Nuri. The Nuri. I don't get it. They make a digital. They give a digital avatar a chair, but they make the Puma creative head stand ah! on the le- like. I. 
Um, can you can you can you go on? Can you can you expound upon that? <laughs> I just don't get it. I mean, and by the way, um, Nunori is a digital avatar. It's it's a German. I didn't even realize it was so big. I thought it was like a German, a graphic designer's German like project, uh, which it is. But it has become like I actually had not been to the Nunori. Um, Instagram feed until I saw this episode. So I mm-hmm. went just to check it out. And it's basically an advertising. Another, it's just, oh, I think that whoever runs the avatar just gets, pay, gets paid to promote certain products, which is fine. But what does this have to do with being a judge? I mean, I guess it's hmm. just. I, I, I guess because Nanuri is an influencer. Is Nanuri into fashion? specifically or just advertising fashion and beauty okay and so fashion and beauty okay and it started off as an avatar for a german artist um it's like a i i it's a graphic designer based out of munich actually okay who made this digital avatar and then it became really successful um but initially it was just like a little a little bot, like in the same way that I forget the other technology that um, like Francis Stark makes films using this platform mm-hmm. where you make a little avatar and you give it a voice and you kind of have this little digital character. Super cute, super fun. Um, but Nunori is a specific project by this designer, by this graphic designer, um, which is fine. I have nothing against that, but it seems like the primarily function, the primary function of the digital avatar, it doesn't push anything other than new product placements on Instagram for fashion and beauty, which is fine. That's, that's definitely influencing, Hmm. but how do you do lifestyle influencing without a life? (laughs) I mean, yeah. And how are you a social activist? I I was really curious about all the descriptors here. um, Cause it's like, yeah, you've got a lot of, you're, you're just like this slash this slash that and hmm, okay all right interesting good to know i mean and, and... So it, it's a very i just wanted to say like it's just a project mm-hmm. that has a very limited um application as an as a real influencer that's okay. all i was trying to say okay yeah no that that makes sense to me i mean um so yeah, I mean, because so we 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 are introduced to Nunori and um, everyone around Nunori like pretends that she's really there and <laughs> is very enamored and like, oh, that's so great. You know, and Nunori looks great, obviously wearing these boots that look like something that Michelle Obama wore. <laughs> it's just like, well, oh. I don't know I, if anyone knows those boots. Um, I think I don't know. I don't the know famous boots? The yeah, famous those, boots? those thigh yeah, high shiny boots, but in black. I mean, in, of yeah, the, course, the post Obama's the post. Uh, wait, yeah, <laughs> no, hers were in like unicorn colors. And then this is the, the black version of that. Nice. Right. You know what the boots I'm talking about? I, I do know the okay. boots you're talking okay. about. Yeah, yeah, they're great. Because that's, ex- that's, ex- that's instantly what I thought about. I'm like, why am I looking at? a bot and I'm thinking about Michelle Obama. This is weird. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, but we also, there is um, the head of Amazon video is also in the audience and gets mm-hmm. a Chiron too, which I think is again, get back to your point of the, 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 like the head of Puma fashion. It doesn't get a seat <laughs> for the last episode. Um, so the people who they kind of choose for these, 
um, for the judging panel is very, very interesting. We don't really hear anything from Nanuri, so don't worry. She doesn't say anything. So, Right. Well, there can be no no things said, really. No, no, no. <laughs> I, yeah, you're so right about that. Um, <laughs> but the people who, wait, where things are being said, there is this thing happening between Joseph Altuzara and Naomi Campbell. I don't know yes. if you were picking up on this and I'll, and I'll preface it before we actually get into the runway, because it's, if you can imagine as we go through and talk about these looks, the look will come down the stairs and then Joseph will look at Naomi and go, would you wear that? And then Naomi <laughs> goes, yes, yes, I would love it. And he's like, and she goes, yeah, I mean, look at those pants. And Joseph goes, yeah, the pants She's like, yeah, no, it's, it's really, it's really, Oh, wait, sorry. I'm, I have no accent. Yes, yes, no, it's really great. It's really great. Yeah, it's amazing. It's fabulous. It's fabulous it's they're doing this thing where it's going back and forth and in my head i'm just like is naomi campbell going to be joseph's new muse because or or is or... it more like <laughs> we're both just not going to talk to kiara <laughs> <laughs> do you think like they, they already have their clicks huh interesting yeah. it uh, seemed to me like they were being clicky but yeah, they're being so quick, so clicky. Uh, but for me, I'm just like, I think Joseph's next uh, next collection is all going to be about whatever Naomi Campbell likes. <laughs> I don't know. Um, all right. So let's let's get into the actual runway. All right. The house is on fire. It's fire, fire everywhere because, you know, it's about hell. You're right. Damnation. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, who is it? It's Johnny. Johnny is dealing with the lightness and the darkness and the openness and, 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 you know, the repressiveness of being gay and Catholic. Um, so we have um, two, the two looks and the uh, first is like a menswear look, which is like a, I think it's a, he had a bomber jacket and I think he kind of, um, he, he revamped it in some way so that there's like a huge collar, a V-neck collar, and then these very, very baggy pants. They're, I think, kind of drop cropped or uh, crotch dropped, drop crotch, mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. And then a, a, a coat. Um, and the jacket has a lot of leather and houndstooth in different um, sizes all mixed together. And for this one, I, I wrote down what Joseph said, because like, I, you know what? I do like how he's involving his leather language into <laughs> something else. So Johnny's using the leather here. Um, yeah. What do you think about these two looks? I was not very impressed. Same. I agree. I thought that the coat that they all liked was really bulky. Um, I mean, I think maybe design wise, I'm sure there's like, cool I, I, there's cool visual things mm-hmm. happening that i like but when i think about wearing it i'm like that'd be a lot of work you know it's just like this and that and then this and then that and then oh it's bulky here and then uh now i have to wear like I, I don't know it just seemed like excessive yeah it i okay this is the word that i i, I love hearing other people use but i'm gonna use it it seems unresolved <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just kind yeah. of, you know, because from the side, if if you turn this model to um, profile, the top part is jutting out. It's very bulky up there. There's a lot of fabric. Yeah. And it almost looks like Johnny was playing around with the, with the houndstooth on top on how to drape it. And it 
feels like it was just kind of crushed in there. And then the model was just, you know, cinched in and all of the extra yeah. fabric just got pushed under to hide it. Um, it just feels messy and the asymmetry isn't really working. And I don't like the leather language here. I don't like it. I think there's too much leather. It, I think it would have been fine on the sleeves, but then having it also frame the top was, I think that added to the bulk and yeah. in a way, you know, and maybe it's not a, a coat, but to me, it looks like a coat. It's also kind of under, I don't understand if it's two pieces or one piece or one piece, but I, I would have liked for it to be open. Maybe that would have just felt a little bit less constricting there, but um, I, I really didn't, I don't like it either. Yeah. And this is the kind of out, outfit where I feel like, let's see what it does. Like, give us a little reveal. Like, show us another way. Like, what does it look like when... Because it seemed like part of the one side of the panels was open, but what if that panel, instead of being down, what if it was up? Would it stand up? Like, what does it do? Mm -hmm. Does it keep your neck warm? Mm -hmm. Does it flop to the side? Like, what is it... Like, show us. It would have been nice to see, like, that. Yeah. Um, and I, I just have to say, this is the last... Because I, I, I totally agree... Um, it's just that Johnny's the song over his runway. Oh. <laughs> it was just fire. <laughs> That's all it was. Um, which I didn't think added to even the look of these two outfits. Um, but Johnny seems like someone who would choose a fire. So um, I, it, yeah, I, I don't know. I just thought it was less successful than last week. Naomi loved it though. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next, we have Jiwon. And the first look, oh my gosh. First of all, this model, the first model and profile, perfect face. I don't know what a perfect face <laughs> looks like in particular. You know, it's like to each their own, like who cares? But uh, the architecture of that model's face, I thought was so great. It was just really, really great, and especially with the drama of this oversized robe. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, straight up like just square I thought it looked I thought it looked amazing it was really wonderful I was confused by the second look only because of the proportion of the waist and yeah. um, how how little color other than the same color was transferred over um, I just didn't think it fit the model well I didn't really see a problem with the actual garment I just didn't think it fit the model um and also close up. They did a close up of it. It didn't look sewn well either. So the material, I, I, I don't think wanted to do the things that G was trying to do. I agree. Yeah. I didn't think it was that short. The judges said, "Oh, it's too short back it wasn't there." Short. I didn't think it was that no, short. Was I mean, we've seen shorter episode yeah, one. Exactly. We saw like shorter and transparent, but um, yeah, I thought the first look was really strong. So, great. so strong. So great. And this is the dichotomy here is east and west, right? I think for G one yes. was east and west. Mm -hmm. I think so. Two cultures, so a cult like a cultural thing. I think I think for her, this was more Kore uh, Korean versus American. Still, I think. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else to say? Or I was. Mm, no, I, I liked the first look a lot. The second look, I thought, mm, um, I think the idea of the wrap dress 
you know, thank you, Diane von Furstenberg. Mm -hmm. But that is a very, it's an interesting choice to have with the, um, I don't know how to say the Korean style outfit that Tim keeps saying that word, but the, the Korean style wrap. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, oh, that is a very interesting link to make. Yeah. Loved it. But I just don't think the execution of the dress was uh, G's best. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it's Hanbach. Because I, I wrote that Hanbach, down. That's what like, it is. That's what it is. I didn't know what that is. I mean, and also, you know, I don't know. It's just like, I I really like where she went with that. Because I think the Hanbach is so beautiful as a garment. And there is, um, oh gosh, I think, I don't know where I was or which museum in New York there is. Where, uh, I think it's in the Met, where they have a scene of um, a, like a traditional Korean wedding and th- they're just so beautiful. I just kind of would love for her to do more of that. Um, Cause I think w- she has been doing that. And when she does do that, she's more successful. What's been happening with Jiwon is that the runway looks are the looks that the judges like best. And I think this is accessible. I, I this yeah. is very wearable. So if you just sort of switched it on even more. So if that's her, if that's her happy place, it's like make something that makes you even more happy to, th- you know, to talk about yeah. it in those terms, even more happy. You don't have to make something that makes you sad and say like, Oh, you know, the sad part of me, that's what people will buy. It's like, no, people yeah. will buy that runway look. So I think so. I mean, I, yeah. I can totally see it. Yeah, totally. So, no. all right. Ready for Renat. Then we have Renat. <laughs> and okay. So this comes out. And Joseph looks at Naomi like, do you like that one? And he's like, yeah, <laughs> no, I think it's amazing. Look at that. I would buy it. I would buy it. You would buy that. And so we have this first look. <laughs> and then the second look comes down like, do you like that? No, 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 no. I don't like it at all. I don't like it. It's a hundred yards away from me, but I can see from far away a football field <laughs> distance that it's ugly. It's ugly. And so, you know, we, we know that we're not in trouble. Um, also, I want to know if anyone can hear them talking about these clothes. So the first look, I was really, it's unfortunate because on the cheat sheet, you can see the shorts. And this is where Renat uses that little, um, like, bow thing that, that, like, that, that. Yes. Yeah. Waist, the waist tie yes. thing. I like that. I, and so I, I wanted too. to see it without that jacket on I'm like take the jacket off I want to see those shorts because I think it translates really well into these Bermuda looking shorts rather than a skirt or how we've seen it um seen we not do it before um I have not liked it as a skirt but I, I like these shorts I think the shorts I think as separates they're all pretty beautiful mm-hmm. um and I, I like how the fabric is oriented on the shorts actually I really do yeah. But I did not see what was Buddhist about it. Right. I did not see what was um this was the runway look? Yes, this was was it? Oh what shoot. Was I have look? no idea. Oh shoot. I think but, it's the runway I mean, look. I, yeah, it's the runway yeah, look. I thought I thought so too, but I thought this was not runway. This is too casual. And mm-hmm. even you know, with Kiara making that face that somebody would make if someone, if like somebody's dog pooped on your shoe, you know, like, oh, it's not a special outfit, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but the second look was really unfortunate. Yeah, it's really, it's not good. It, 
and, and I was trying to look at it in a way where the sleeves are interesting. So it's doing this, this um oversized, you know, uh, in, 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 it looks like she's wearing shoulder pads, but she's not. Um, but this is, this is a thing where I thought too much was going on in the top and, and the experiment with the different types of colors and textures didn't do so well because the shininess does make it look cheap. The collar is unfortunate. I think unfortunate a lot, but the collar is, is experimental and it's, it's, it's a little too much along with what's really happening with the sleeves. And I don't mind what's happening in the skirt, but I just don't, I don't want to see it with the sleeves and that collar and that shininess going on. It's so much. It's so much. Yeah, it's a lot. And they don't look like they're, they really don't look like they are in the same runway show. No, no, they don't. They don't. Yeah. So that's we're not. Okay. Next we have Megan. Um, Megan's look is against the universe backdrop and from the top it seems like everyone's into it so the top the left look is the runway look and the right look is the accessible look kind of clearly you can tell and I so the she so Megan was really into not making this look like a costume and everything I appreciated the the foil looking pleated piece for the top part and how the model was wrapped into it. So it's not just from the front, it's from all over the place. Um, I just wish that it were a little bit more fantastic, especially with the background. Um, and she's using white for both pieces. So I, I get it. But for the, the suit, I thought it was just like a great suit. Perfectly fine. It's very tailored. It is costumey. <laughs> she's trying not to be costumey, but to me it is a costume with the top part, with the lapels. It's, it's just like, it's, it's very, very adventurous. You, I mean, but and the thing that I love the most about it, and you can't really see on the cheat sheet, are the shoulders. And I feel like the the collar kind of covers up the shoulders that she's made because the shoulders are, um, they to me that's very Starship Enterprise, but I like it. I don't mind it. It's very, it creates like a little arch over the the sleeve, and I wanted to see that <laughs> a little bit better. Yeah, the, the huge lapels. Yeah. I thought that Megan's look had this um I, I also did not I actually did not like the silver thing. Mm. But I would have liked it. Okay, so I it's not that it was bad. I just thought I wish Megan had made a white dress that was really her vision and then had included that as a belt. Ooh. Yeah. And then the model halfway through takes off the belt. Mm-hmm. And I think that separating those two pieces would be really cool because then it introduces the idea of choice. And I think, I think it was Megan. I hope I'm not confusing designers. I'm looking at the list of who's left. And Mm -hmm. I think that Megan is the one who said this, that my idea, my ideal client is the woman who's a lawyer, but then goes to a party in the evening. Is that we're not? That's we're not. Oh, that is not. Okay. Well, I think Megan, I think that's also Megan's customer. Same. I agree. (laughs) Is is like someone who is in control of their professional game. They have a life. They're working on a life. They're living their life. But they also are um, going to an occasion here or there. And if you have like that wacky like silver belt like that, Mm -hmm. you can wear head to toe black to the office during the day. 
put that around your waist for evening and yeah. go, and you go to a I don't know an opening at the Metropolitan who knows yeah. but, so I thought that kind of interchangeability mm-hmm. is something that I would love to see Megan do more of because the idea is not bad it's it just doesn't seem to gel with I don't know that's I, I should yeah. think more before saying more no I think that's 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 a that's interesting I think that's an interesting thought um especially in a way because it's like oh you know how are you going to stand out amongst all these other designers and stay here um and it gets to the point where maybe both looks can be you can buy both looks and 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 have them both act as if they are on real people and not have it be such a fantasy you know, but it can still be a fantasy, but but uh, practical in a way. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's yeah. a good strategy. Yeah. Um. Talk. I. But I think someone who really does that well for this one is Sander. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Next up. So, um, and Sander is consumerism and creativity is yes. the dichotomy, and Megan's was, um, the old, old versus the new. new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now we have consumerism versus creativity (laughs) what do you think what do you think (laughs) I loved it I just would like a little bit more of an ironing to those finishes there I just want the the edges to be flat I didn't like the finishing it's fine it's all right it's been seven hours um but I loved both of them I thought that's a really great t-shirt and um the 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 skirt is it looks nicely uncomfortable you know kind of like <laughs> rigid but it's something that you know would be nice in a wool even in like a cashmere just very high end and and I, I just it was nice to even imagine what it would be like to wear something like that because I've never seen um a, I've never seen a t-shirt like that with a really interesting little cutout and even imagining that to be a you know cotton wool on cotton or something like a heavier fabric on a on a lighter fabric and then the even the 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 runway look so the first look on the left is accessible and then the, the look on the right which is the jumpsuit with a naked back um and like a little tail on the on a i don't know it's it's, it's this nice it's this nice in between of structural draping that i've never really seen before um but even the runway look is very wearable <laughs> um and then and i like to see his interpretation of what because i think the, the the look on the right is just pants and the look on the left is a shirt so mm-hmm. this idea of having a shirt and ev- all of the 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 patterns being based off of how do you make a, sh- a t-shirt detail and and then on the right all the patterns are pants details i just i just thought they were fun yeah very fun yeah I think so. Yeah. I, at I first, great. no, yeah. I, what do you, what do you think about the color? You know, two colors that I, I would never put together. So I was really kind of, I was like, wow, that's interesting. That's mm-hmm. how I felt watching. I was like, Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I never put this, those two colors together, but I don't gravitate towards those colors. And I think it's because I don't, those aren't colors that look, look good on my skin tone. Mm-hmm. Um, they look, I think they look good in like darker skin tones than me. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm like, eh, okay, nice. But when I saw them, I was like, ooh, ooh. Yeah, I thought, because I had in my head when they were in the workroom and they were 
you know, before Tim time that these were just kind of like an F you to the judges in a low key way <laughs> because it's khaki and it's not khaki, it's camel, you know, it's very sophisticated um, in terms of the fabrication and everything. But for Sander, it's, it's, it would be like a, a version of an F you because Sander, Sander would never use these colors because they're so normal. Um mm. And right. it's also something that I would wouldn't grab it. I don't really, I don't tend to wear brown, um, but this is, and I think that's also why maybe it was so fun because I'm like, actually, I would wear that brown. I would wear that, but I think I, mean, I think standard was yeah. it was like a, a low key shade to to the judges. <laughs> yeah, I would wear the brown pants with like an orange top or a yeah. red top, or which I know you're like Patricia. I've never seen you wear orange, but I actually have a lot of orange. Oh. <laughs> Um, but I would wear it with like, I actually have an orange sweatshirt that I love, like a zippered hoodie type of thing that I love. Yeah. And so I would wear that like as a pant, not as a shirt for me. Okay. Um, but I would pair it with something way brighter. Yeah. I just, I, but even, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I think we've said it all. <laughs> yeah. I have nothing to add. This song was great. And it didn't, it didn't seem like an F you to the judges to me at all. I was like, that is really smart. That yeah. is a smart, a, a personal, it's a smart take on the challenge mm-hmm. in a way that actually is a personal ex- reflection of, of thought. Yep. So I thought it was great. I did too. Yeah. Um, all right. Next we have Esther and everyone's like, Oh, what did Esther do? I'm so excited. (laughs) And so Esther's accessible piece comes out first and it's all black with a mixture of PVC throughout the outfit. And so there's PVC, um, on these very delicate shoulders and, um, and a PVC that cuts off, uh, the, the uh, part of the skirt. So there's like a PVC panel, in the skirt portion too. And I think she's wrapped a little bit of the PVC around the waist or that might be leather. I'm not really sure, but there's a different black fabrication there as well. And then the gold outfit is, this is where I thought it was vinyl, but I think it might, it, yeah, I don't know, who knows, but it's like the same dress, but in the gold version. Um, I love this black dress. I loved it. Yeah, moved, tell me more. Tell me why. Tell me why. It moved beautifully, and mm-hmm. it's just like once it once the camera got close to it, that's where I was like, it's so beautiful. Like it moved way more than I expected it to move. I think I was just had low expectations for PVC, and um, it was fluid. It was a very fluid looking dress, very very fun. And I thought the shoulder detail was so thoughtful and still in, still in her like square um, aesthetic. I tend to not like that neckline. I hate that neckline, but I think the way- On the black dress? Yeah, on the black dress. But I I, I just, I thought it was interesting. I thought it was an interesting overlay of the PVC on top of that to create like that type of sleeve. I I forget what that type of sleeve is called. Um, The the, the gold dress was like, I would have instructed the model to put her hands on her waist. Because she completely collapsed the structure of the skirt because it's a different type of material. It's not fabric fabric that has like a, like a, it's not a woven fabric. So I just was a little put off by the hand or the arm positioning. Cause I, I just, I think it just crushed the structure of it. 
Um, but I also, I also liked it. I just wish that there was, she just used a different fabric here. And I didn't like that. It was the same dress, just in a different set of materials. But, um, yeah. What were yeah. Your it's interesting. It's an interesting choice because PVC, I think PVC, I should look I because look I think, all, too. I'm like, oh, no, I think I all PVC my, is? I think PVC is actually waterproof. I think all my like biking, like I'm literally pulling it out of my drawer right now. Ooh. I think a lot of my like biking gear is lightweight PVC. Mm-hmm. If you hear it rustling, it's because I'm looking up what this is made. Oh no, it's polyester. <laughs> Um, okay, so no, this is this is just polyester. But I thought PVC is not very, like you said, it's not fabric, it doesn't move. So I was watching this and I thought, you know, this would look really good if it was more form-fitting instead mm-hmm. of being like um, trying to make this A-line like poof skirt. Mm-hmm. Um, because that doesn't, that doesn't make the PVC look good. But I think if it was form-fitting it might not be comfortable to wear or it's something that you really want to wear on a cold day because mm-hmm. i think pvc is not breathable i don't think it's a breathable material mm. um yeah it's plastic it's a plastic fiber woven yeah like compressed oh, okay. so um so it was the kind of idea that i was like oh of course that it has to be maybe a little poofy so it doesn't kind of make the model sweat mm. to death mm. but what an unfortunate choice for a bottom of i think the top is beautiful i love everything that's happening in the top of that mm-hmm. look yeah yeah i think that i think i just think the top is great and then you know you can't see it from on the the cheat sheet but from behind there you were getting to know about esther and she has that same aesthetic that we've seen I think in the first two episodes where there is that like the black strip around the back it's almost like <laughs> um, the tops are made for paper dolls <laughs> and then you have those little little hooks that you um, you fold over to adhere it to your your doll like to change the clothes you so they all all look like have that like paper doll strap going with it yeah it's kind of like recognizing that um, and yeah. I, I agree. I think the top is very. So you didn't like the skirt for the black outfit either. Oh, uh, I thought that. Well, that I thought wasn't the most exciting thing. It was okay, mm-hmm. but I I do like it, what you're pointing out. I like those elements a lot. It's it's very like Vulcan wedding, and I love it. You know, it's <laughs> really it's nice. I say this like I've ever watched Star Trek. I never have. I don't know what I'm talking about. It's just what it looks like to me. Vulcan <laughs> wedding. Yeah. Vulcan wedding. <laughs> all right well um any other thoughts about the no no all right well that's the end of the runway for this esther was our last designer um oh and light and shadow oh wait was was that dichotomy for for esther oh light and shadow okay so like yeah it was cool wow yeah, I kind of like that. Wow, because it like her 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 materials really did emit light. It almost you know mm-hmm. like yeah, mm-hmm. that's great. Yeah. All right. Um. Okay, so then now we're we're on to the the Heidi Klum firing squad, and what they 
what they do is they call the two designers, I think, who had the hardest time getting out of their aesthetic or, you know, had, had really, really a, a tough time tackling this. Um, and that's Esther and Sander. So they call Esther first to, I think, reinforce how happy they are that she used color. <laughs> like, But also, I think Heidi admits that she was wrong a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if you got this because I think I think for Heidi, uh-huh. I don't I didn't write in, down exactly what she said, but I think she admitted she's like, well, you know, I like the black outfit better, and I'm seeing a little bit more of what it seemed as if she was coming a little bit around to Esther's thinking and trusting her with her instincts because Heidi did like the the black outfit so much more than the gold, but I appreciate it. like I I appreciate that that's what you're going, but also I think maybe you're right <laughs> about your black universe and how that's um, that's totally fine. If you kind of settle in there, is that, was I wrong? I don't know. Um, no, I don't think there's a wrong or right. I'm just like, I'm listening to you and I was, I'm literally going through what is being said right now. Yeah. Cause I think also maybe I, um, maybe it's a little bit of my interpretation too, but. Well, Joseph said, I wouldn't encourage you to, to work with PVC. I love how Kiara says, oh, it, it, PVC is very difficult to use because it can look like a costume. Mm. No, it's difficult to use because it's not malleable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. But um, I thought Heidi, Heidi actually says, I loved how you solved the problem. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, it, Heidi said it didn't feel as authentic. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That yeah. the, the color piece didn't feel as authentic but Heidi likes how the problem was solved. Uh, exciting to see you try something different. Oh, no, that's Joseph saying exciting to see you try something different. Mm-hmm. Joseph acknowledges that Esther didn't just do color, but did metallics, which, of course, that is exactly Esther. That yeah. felt very awesome to me. Yeah, Sam. You know, to not use color for the sake of using color, mm-hmm. but to have... Um, Something that is very much its own universe. Yeah. Which is the metallic palette. So, yeah. I like that observation a lot. Um, because it's it's something that I think is in, it's encouraging and, and not, you know, trying to constrict her into a certain lane. So, and I, so I think that's why I wrote it that way. Because I, I appreciated that back and forth. Because Esther had such a hard time with this challenge that it was, it felt more validating to her, her process rather than something Mm -hmm. like, Oh, can you just kind of, can you deviate for us a little bit? Can you do something different? Or we're so glad that you did what we told you to do. So it was more than that. So it's like, amuse us with a (laughs) U-turn. Like don't crash. (laughs) Okay. Um, and also, I realized I, I totally skipped over Johnny because they called him first. Sorry. Oh, right, right. <laughs> this is so terrible. But but I, I think it's because they, they really liked, they, lo- they loved his collection. And I was a little shocked by that. Not, not I shouldn't say shocked, but definitely for this, I didn't write anything in my notes. I just watched. <laughs> so both times I watched this show um, and, and every rewatch I, for this one, I think I was just kind of trying to decipher like why they like these pieces because 
even Kiara liked the 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 menswear outfit, which I thought was the worst. Awful. I know. <laughs> and, Me too. Yeah, and Kiara was like, "Oh, I love the first piece. Like when I saw it, I thought it was modern and contemporary samurai." And I'm like, "What? Are you guys? Mm. What's happening? What are you guys actually looking at?" Yeah, so, that's not um, a criteria for the next global designer. Meet some kind of samurai criteria, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't think. I also want to say that Joseph says, like, there's such an interesting kind of, like, softening of your vocabulary. I just... that, yeah, that comes with you copying Megan, like, in every episode. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, oh, Megan, justice for Megan. Um <laughs> so yeah and i didn't write it down because i didn't agree with the judges i didn't think that he should have been called up so whoops yeah i i agree so all right um so they call up joe's johnny they call up esther and then they also call up sander and mm-hmm. um Sa- it's okay sander comes up and i i wonder what's in his head maybe he's like i'm going home this is gonna be fun to talk about them for the last time and naomi goes i think that you are a designer. <laughs> I think you make clothes. I think, like, listen, Naomi, like, you're just declaring the obvious. I, but, but what I, I just love that all of them were like, we get you. We think it was, am- what you did was amazing. We, we really, really loved it. Um, and I, and I do love their, their feedback that they gave him because like, uh, you know, something Joseph said was, you know, the question is, how do you jump from your conceptual brain to product? Like you want to make that leap as organic as possible. And and, and I like that they acknowledge that it is a stretch for him. But same thing with Esther. Like we want you to be authentic and we don't want, want to push you into do, doing something that's not you. Um, but we want it to make sense because anyway, I just I really like this little exchange that they have with the judges and Sander. That was really good advice from Joseph. And I think that any of us who do creative things or just do problem solving, I thought that was a really good articulation of how to think about how to sustain the work that we do. Yeah, exactly. Being commercial is not the enemy of being artistic because guess what? We all have bills to pay and we need to eat. And even if you inherited a ton of money, great, save it and donate it to charity, but do something too, you know? Mm -hmm. So I thought that was just really great advice. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was, it was, it was wonderful. Um, Okay. So Patricia. Yes. (laughs) We have Johnny, (laughs) Esther and Sander who are clearly, clearly, clearly our top scoring designers. Who wins this episode? Um, Sander. Yeah. And so boss wins the episode. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's really great, and everyone else is making the cut, of course. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, so Sander, of course. After this, I went immediately online to see if I could find it, and of course, it was sold out. So, don't know yeah. how much these cost. <laughs> Not really able to get it. So, oh no. Any Anyone out there, again, if you're able to get any of these outfits, please, please let us know. Please. And give us a review. 
Let us know about the quality, the fit, the the just the stitching. Look at those yeah. seams. You know, give us a full breakdown. Let us know. <laughs> It'd be great. Um, okay, so next up is G1. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, 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 I think everyone was, it's unanimous. Everyone really liked the, the first outfit, the runway look. Um, and it, Naomi is, she just kind of puts in there. Um, and I wrote this down. She's like, you know, I've not seen evening wear from you. It's not feminine. It, mm, which I am like, I know what that meant. <laughs> don't, I, yeah, please say more. Can you qualify that? Use more words. Um, <laughs> Use more words. Yeah, just so I, I, you know, I don't want to make any assumptions by what you mean by feminine. Like, what do you mean? What do yeah. you mean by feminine? Can you just explain it? Because I thought both pieces could be interpreted either way. And I think that's also how she interprets that, especially since the first one is a, something that traditionally um women would wear so um i you know i'm just like let's let's give chiwan more substantive uh feedback <laughs> yeah deserves it yeah yeah um we also call it renat and yes. there is something that's really interesting because we have a naomi versus heidi fight over <laughs> renat yeah and um so I'm sorry, I kind of I, I jumped the gun because Juwan didn't change anyone's mind and uh, is making the cut. Juwan thought she was going home, but she's she's making the cut. Um, and then we have Renat, and it I think Heidi opens saying like we're not based off of the runway and our decisions that we've made so far. You're not making the cut, so you need to tell us why do you deserve to stay here and we're not I think defends herself oh you know but I I you know it it's it's not really doing anything and then I think Naomi really is trying to rev her up and tries to put her foot down um and I love how Naylan called out uh Naomi as like the top Heather (laughs) (laughs) and this is like the moment where Naomi's like how am I going to fight all of you? How am I going to change your minds? Because I, I don't want it to go. I, you know, yeah. I'm fighting for, I think there's more there. And I, you know, I don't know how you feel about this, but I, I, it's, I just kind of love that she was really going to bat for, for Renat. Yeah. But at the same time, I was confused by that because I'm like, you are someone who has, by the way, who has won every designer. You are someone who mm. like as a model, you you know what things feel like. You know mm-hmm. what things move like. And you don't have to put something on to know it. I can't do that. I would be like, oh, that looks cool. But I would wear it and be like, nah. Like, this incredible intelligence that I Naomi has and is snobby about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> rightfully so. <laughs> but so this person has this icon, super intelligent person has stood on that judging chair and said, respect couture. <laughs> But then it's willing, but then it's willing to like forgive this shoddy outfit from Renat. Mm-hmm. I'm confused by this. Yeah, I mean, I I was kind of with Naomi, but in a way, with in terms of the rules of the show, no, it's just, you just can't make an excuse for Renat. 
I and I think based off of last episode, perhaps that's where she was coming from, and that we've seen better. We we know that that she's capable of more, but we also know that Sabato is capable of more. And Naomi wasn't able to to save Sabato, or actually didn't put up a fight for Sabato the way she is fighting for Renat. And um, it's it it is like it's it's unfortunate, but. Renat kind of stood behind the decisions that they made for these garments. Um, and I think explained what the dichotomies were pretty well. And it's just like, well, yeah, you explain it. Well, you said, you said the things that you said, and then we saw the clothes and it's just not, it wasn't good today. It wasn't good today. And when, and I think again, as Joseph alluded to, Joseph didn't say this, but this is a competition about how you can think and then brand and yeah. brand your think like brand your what you make in terms of consistency or at least brand development Renat has done has not been consistent at all mm-hmm. which is interesting because um joseph this episode said in this episode said to sander you've been very consistent throughout this whole competition and Renat has not and i actually mm-hmm. thought Renat's decision-making process for this week's challenge was very similar to last week. Hmm. You know, this this week it was Judaism versus Buddhism, and last week, um, or actually it was the same week, but on last episode, you know, it was, um, what was it? It was... Uh, it was oh. anti-fascist? Wait. It was the, um, the... The construction worker. The construction worker, but it, it was sort of the uniform... I, there was a, a thought process there that was very this and that. Yeah, yeah. It was and a, this it is was the a same construction thing. worker versus uh, Miss Mosh of prints and um, patterns. There was something that we're not. I'm going to look through my notes and see if I can find it, because there was something. I'm looking now. Mm-hmm. That 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 Of course, I'm not finding it now. Um, and you mean you mean the the previous episode, right? Yeah, the previous episode, the one that I thought was like a uniform that she goes to uh, Arajaku and just yeah, yeah, it was it was uh, the, by the, the the Japanese construction worker and the blue from those outfits, and then going around and seeing all these people wearing plaids in different directions <laughs> and yeah. in different types of stripes and and patterns, like yeah, patchworking. So there was like a lot of patchworking and different um, yeah. Yeah, uh, it wasn't very like very exciting. I mean, I think it was it was organic, and it, it and I think that's what is difficult in terms of how in terms of branding, especially if because and that's what Renat says is that you know I'm I change it up, you know um, mm-hmm. I I like to change things, and I'm, <laughs> it's so funny because it's kind of it's kind of something that I say in my artist statement where it's like. We're not like I'm driven by emotions, and mm-hmm. so it's like you're driven by emotions, which is great, but also those emotions change, and yeah. as they change, your clothes drastically change. And I and it's like in in the structure of the show, it was to me it was like a like a like a nail on on her coffin. <laughs> I was like, oh no, uh, it makes you seem it's almost like you're leaning into the inconsistency. And I think for Renat, that's great. That that is something that is on brand for for them, but it's like not for this. 
competition. I agree. I agree with you very much because Renat has said multiple times, I design for multiple genders. I basically um, designing for gender, gender fluidity, which is not about consistency, which is not about um, a uniform, which Mm -hmm. is not about, um, which is about emotional change. Right. But that still has to have some kind of recognizable, um, there's no recognize DNA or I was, I was uh, like, is there yeah. something that always calls it back to Renat and is like, what's, yeah, what's your DNA? What's your stamp? What's the, yeah, what is the consistent emotional, um, through line? And there is none so far. Yeah. Because even, even the lack of emotional consistency is a consistency in right. itself. Mm-hmm. So, and with Renat, it's sort of like, it's just not there. It's not recognizably there. Yeah. And I think that's a shame because I want people with Renat's approach to, or at least this idea of designing for all genders, I want people like that to do well and to do more. Um, yeah, so it was definitely sad at the same time, not surprising. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I was thinking of how it doesn't, It like, I think, I think Renat, as a designer is very seasoned and as mature as anyone else there. And oh, yeah. a part of it, and I can see how it could probably come off as, you know, or they're just, they just haven't developed their voice. I'm like, no, Renat has a voice and this is, yeah. this is yeah, a voice exactly. and it's just not, it's not working here. Um, so yeah. yeah. And back to branding, that voice has to communicate. Mm-hmm. And right now there's a lot of, like it's not a clear channel communication let's say yeah totally agree um so patricia did we not change anyone's mind any of the judges okay so no naomi fights alone yeah naomi like she is crying um and Renat is not making the cut, so we have to say goodbye to Renat, which was so sad. <laughs> so sad. I felt a little down after this episode mm-hmm. um, because, again, I'm starting to care a little bit more about them in terms of their relationships with each other. So yeah. I knew that people were going to have a hard time with this, um, especially Sander losing Sabato and now losing Renat, who's like another yeah. a sister from another mother or you know, a sibling from another family or something like that. Yeah. I think like Renat, Sander and G, Mm -hmm. I think they all are kind of in the same orbit. Yeah. You know, doing different things in the same orbit, you know? Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've come to the end of episode six. Um, Also, I just have to acknowledge that this is, episode 100 it's so funny I'm not I'm not into the pomp and circumstance of it but I realized I was putting together the cheat sheet I was like oh my god this is episode 100 so yay um Patricia mm-hmm. anything to share with our lovely listeners and then also can you remind them how they can find you yes I can I can remind nothing to share um but um, I can be found on the workroom Instagram account. I've been making some comments on there and I have my own Instagram account at sense and sight. That's common sense and optical sight. 
um, two things I aim for every day of my life. That's S-E-N-S-E-A-N-D-S-I-G-H-T. <laughs> Yay! And you can find me at Erinez, H-E-R-N-E-A-S-E, on all the social mediums and ErinezDavis.com. And of course, keep sending in your notes and, and messages to us in the workroom at Gmail. Um, find us on Patreon at p a t r e o n dot com. And also, I'm going to put in the show notes uh, a link to that ten by ten photo books um, oh, uh, Instagram yeah. site, just because. So, so Emily went today, but they're doing this. There, I think there are two other photo professionals that they've had talks on. And if you guys want to visit that, I just, I just think they're really wonderful talks. So. Um, that's also in the show notes. So again, shout out to Emily Dune. So. Yes. Yay. And again, thank you all. Really, really, really um, am thinking of everyone. Please continue to take care of yourselves and each other. We're just hoping this is finding all taking care of yourselves as best as you can um, in the midst of this whole thing. So um, again, just amazing to hear your thoughts and your, your takes on this show. Um, y'all are hilarious and very generous. So, <laughs> so thank you. Um, so until next time, we'll both say goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.